Yes, everybody, welcome to your Thursday night, and thank you oh so much for taking the time to spend your Thursday evenings with me. I don't know who else you would rather spend them with, but thank you for spending them with me. Um, Thank you so much. You are truly the people who make Muddied Waters Media possible, and uh, I am humbled every day by each and every one of you who tunes in every single week. Um, again, thank you all so much. Uh, this episode, first and foremost, is brought to you by the fantastic and wonderful, wonderful people at SiestaCava.com. If you have yet to try the Libertarian Kool-Aid or the Hippie Moonshine, as I have recently coined it, visit SiestaCava.com and, uh, pick up some of this tasty, wonderful beverage today that doesn't actually taste good. Uh, it is wonderful and delicious, and I highly recommend it to everybody, to them, and to all of you. I say, Bula Vinaka. This episode is also brought to you by the man, the myth, the legend, Chris, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. And while we do not have the anchor calling moment on Tuesday, you can visit... You can visit anchor.fm slash muddied waters and you can leave messages there that Spike and I will answer on Tuesdays. Uh, and that episode, and that is going to be brought to you by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, the smiling madman that will get you rich if you get personally injured in Florida. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle based caucus in the muddied verse. 
I believe that encompasses all universes in which the Muddied Waters media can be heard, which I think is all of them. This episode is also brought to you by the most aptly named company to ever sponsor us, Mudwater. Uh, Mudwater is a coffee alternative that is made from masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. If you are one of the many out there who are trying to make the switch from your morning coffee and are looking for something that tastes, you know, not at all like feet, uh, go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud and make your switch today. This episode is also brought to you by The Gravy King. This episode is brought to you by Jonathan Reels. He is not a real candidate yet, but you can change that. All you need to do... All you need to do is go to www.jonathan.cash and you can raise enough money to make Jonathan Reels a Reels candidate. So do your part and get Jonathan all of the money he needs to become a Reels candidate. This episode is brought to you by the Royal Green, which actually has absolutely nothing to do with weed, I think. I'm not sure. I haven't read it. I've... Jack Casey tells me about it and he thinks I would like it, but Jack Casey does not know what books I read. Um, but in all seriousness, Jack Casey, um, he is in and out of jail a lot right now. Uh, and they are only giving him cash bond. So he needs all of the money that he can possibly get in order to constantly get bailed out of prison. Uh, well, jail, cause you know, you're not getting bailed out of prison. We all know that. Uh, so if everybody would go to www.theroyalgreen.com and purchase many copies of these books, Jack Casey can afford to get out of prison yet again. Uh, I hear they're good. I, I, looking at the covers, I know I would probably never purchase them, but you know that's really neither here nor there with me. Uh, but you might. You probably would. Look at those things. They were really well done. This episode is also brought to you by... Cumberland Cannabis Company, uh, Cumberland Cannabis, sorry, uh, Cumberland Cannabis, where you can get 200 milligrams of strawberry CBD gummies, and if that just doesn't sound like the perfect plane ride, I don't know what does. Um, all you have to do is go to cumberlandcannabisco.com to begin your Cumberland Cannabis cacophony today. Uh, this episode is, of course, brought to you by Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania success. So if you live in the Pennsylvania region of the United States and you are thinking about voting in the next year's gubernatorial race, you should vote for Joe Soloski because I hear keys to success are very important. And Joe Soloski is the man to do that. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, tonight's guest, I'm actually very excited to have on. Actually, I'm always excited to have him on. I'm just happy people want to talk to me because, you know, I wasn't popular as a child. Um, so I'm very excited to have my guest on. Uh, Ari wears a lot of different hats and has is in a ton of different organizations. He is the Assistant Data Analytics Coordinator uh, outreach and Outreach Director for Outright Libertarians. Um, works on anarchist mutual aid act as an anarchist mutual aid activist and uh, is the founder of the transgender and gender non-conforming non-profit 
I'm going to guess company, but I could be wrong on that. And if so, I'm very sorry. We're going to find out in just a second. Please welcome with me, everybody, Ari Gabrak. Hey, Matt. It's hey. great to be on here. Hey, I'm so happy to have you on. We, we, so you and I just re- we, I think we became Facebook friends like four days ago, if that. Um, and we kind of started getting to know each other over Clubhouse over the last couple of weeks. Clubhouse is kind of patently amazing. I absolutely love it. As, as a medium for communication, I think it's one of the better ones out there right now. Absolutely. I agree. I, I agree totally. Um, I had never been on Clubhouse until a few weeks ago when I had a guest on who was pitching all of the benefits of Clubhouse and she, she didn't even work for Clubhouse. And she was just like, no, let's talk about this more. And I said, okay, great. Um, if that's what you want to talk about, I don't care. Um, I'm just glad people are here. Um, but she got me on it and it honestly is one of the best ways to communicate with people. Uh, I don't know if you and I would have connected had it not been for Clubhouse. There are multiple people I have met through Clubhouse. There's so many opportunities for networking. And from what I have found, for the most part, there are the occasional, you know, glitches. Um, But the conversation has been... (laughs) The conversation has been... um, It's been cordial. At the, at the minimum, cordial. And the wonderful thing is, if it doesn't get cordial and there are things that you don't like, you can disassociate from it and not have to be in it. Right. You can just sit, leave quietly. It's a, yep. great, it's a great button. Leave quietly. Facebook also has that. It's called closing it or moving to or the back button or the home button. But people don't know that. They like... On Facebook, it's like an airport. You have to announce you're leaving. Um, and on Clubhouse, you just go, oh, I'm tired of this. I'm done. And you just leave and you go away. And it's great. Yes, it's a very loud, announcing, and slightly annoying airport. Right. Yes. That you could get kicked out of it any minute for any reason. Um, yes. So... As you probably know, because uh, I'm certain you've watched every episode of the Writer's Block, we usually like to start out by <laughs> we usually like to start out by asking our guests. Well, my guests, I like to start out. It's not a we situation here. Uh, I like to start out by asking my guests uh, how it is that they became libertarian. So, uh, tell me about your journey into uh, this party that believes in freedom and liberty. So it actually started in 2007. Uh, prior to that, um, I was a log cabin uh, Republican, and um, I was raised in my house. My mom was a Democrat. My dad was an independent. Um, he had voted for Ross Perot and Ralph Nader. Um, I was, at that point, um, a business owner, and I couldn't support the Democrats because where I lived at the time in Virginia I was getting taxed out the wazoo. Right. Um, if you don't know how a Commonwealth system works, I grew up in Virginia. Taxed. I grew up in Virginia, so I understand that one well. Um. So, because I was angry over being taxed out of existence, 
Um, I had no clue the Libertarian Party existed. Yep. I joined the Log Cabin Republicans because that just made sense. Because okay. yeah. economically, they they just made more sense. And that was 2002. So um, I'd been a firm supporter of Bush's. Um, I had been completely behind. I, I had been borderline, like, like neoconservative. Um, um, and it was one of my friends. Um, they were a black queer drag queen who lived in Baltimore that introduced me to the Libertarian Party. We used to go out shooting together. And um, if that, um, so, yeah. sorry to... If that's not a libertarian advertisement, an African-American drag queen from Baltimore who likes going out shooting. And, you know, I don't know a single person in the libertarian party that'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. They'll be like, yeah, let's go. Let's go out there. I want to do this. It's going to be so much fun. There are people on the left and the right that would say no to that for multiple reasons. But the libertarians, they'd all be like, Let's round it up. Let's go. Let's go. Well, um, they started talking to me about a lot of different things. They um, um, they ended up living through like the AIDS pandemic, the HIV AIDS pandemic. Of course. And yeah. getting really pissed off at the FDA. But then also um, they ended up talking to me about how Republicans actually really didn't support uh gsm rights and didn't support basically anything and it, and it took me a little while to be able to change but then you know defensive marriage act and um um that pressing for more state exclusion of gsm individuals right um don't ask don't tell was a big thing still and um it was all stuff that that a Republican who said that they believed in individual liberties and freedoms and and you know state and local action ended up taking against the GSM community. Well, and, uh, both both don't ask, don't tell, and uh, defensive marriage was Clinton. Yes, but um, the doubling down, especially during that time, and and the different. Um, issues that were kind of surrounding it um, were were primarily supported by like a ton of Republicans when I was talking to them about it. Oh, right. And I, yes, I, I will I, agree with that. A lot of Republicans did support it like voter Republicans. Yes. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I started getting really angry at that because like I said, it was supposed to be individual liberties and freedoms and, and local and state governments being able to choose what they wanted to do. Um, and then um, come the time of September the 11th, things like the Patriot Act and, and incursions into um, civil liberties and like this whole new surveillance state that popped up basically overnight after that happened was going like, nope, nope. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand for this anymore. Um, I ended up, um, in 2007, um, leaving the log cabin Republicans. Um, and then in 2008, um, I voted my first time for a libertarian candidate, um, which was Bob Barr. 
that was that was the first time I voted for a libertarian candidate as well. Um, so you you said a term in there a few different times um, that I want to kind of get into a little bit with you um, because as we as you and I found out the other day on a Clubhouse when we were in a room together. Uh, a lot of people don't know what this term means, and I actually didn't know until about a week beforehand. Um, GSM. GSM. You said you you said the GSM community or GSM people, I believe. I don't remember yeah. the exact phrases you used, but GSM was the what was the qualifier there. Um, can you explain what GSM is for anybody out there who is not familiar with that term yet? Uh, gender and sexual minorities. It's a more succinct and, and even more PC way of being able to say LGBTQIAA+. It affirms all of the different um, identities. And if there's anything else that ends up being made, it doesn't negate their identity, but it's more inclusive because you're not having to add on more onto that acronym. Right. Um, and, and it's, Truthfully, just considerably easier to say. It really is. Yeah, I, I, so I've been doing this show now for four and a half years. Uh, well, not the writer's block, but muddy, anything on Muddied Waters Media. Uh, I've been doing for four and a half years. And when we started, it was, you had to say LGBT and then LGBTQ. And then a bunch of, and then I, I always learn them all because I know it's LGBTQ, AAIP plus, um, but I like, cause I'd never wanted to be called, you know, uh, I didn't want to be considered non-inclusive of anybody. And yep. when I first heard GSM, I didn't know what it meant. And when I found out, I said, why didn't we do this three, four years ago? Cause this makes so much sense. Like it includes everybody in this one term. And I, I love brevity as well. Yes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of brevity. It's a fantastic thing. Um, but yeah, so the GSM uh, community, which wonderful. I love it. Uh, oh, it's, it, it's the GSM. Uh, Pri it's Pride Month, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. We, did, we didn't change our logo. So, uh, you know, there would be no way for me to tell. Um, <laughs> but um, you are uh, you are located in uh, New Orleans, correct, Louisiana? Yes, I am. Yes. Um, do you guys have a lot of stuff going on for? Do you guys have a lot of stuff going on for that right now, or did, has COVID still kind of cast we its shadow? We are opening back up again, finally. Oh, good. Um, a lot of our festivals are restarting, thankfully. Good. Good. Um, voodoo, um, voodoo, buku. Um, are on. Um, we have, um, I think, five or six major festivals that are reopening. Um, most of the bars are reopened now, and um, um, they're really not enforcing the masking mandates too much. Um, the majority of the bars that I go into are like, you know, just just be responsible. Um, and, and if, if you're sick, don't come in. If you have, um, if you haven't gotten vaccinated because they are a private, you know, business, um, they'll have the ability to say, you know, if you're coughing or, or doing any of that sort of stuff or 
generally not looking okay. They, they have the right to be able to um, ask a person to leave. But for the most part, yeah, it's not been, um, I've been hitting the gay bars, but yeah, um, the majority of them are, are back and open and the French Quarter is up and roaring again. And there's, there's so much to do and see now. And the economy is finally starting to come out from its, you know, this horrid, this horrid tepidness. Right. Yes. That's, that is a good way to put it. A horrid tepidness. The, that is a fantastic way to put it. Uh, we've been stuck at like lukewarm room temperature for way too long. And there is not much in this world. That's good room temperature. Um, um, so you, uh, so one of the things that you've been working on a lot, uh, especially with, uh, outright libertarian and the anarchist mutual aid as an anarchist mutual aid activist, um, is GSM mutual aid. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and what, what your vision for that is? So last year, um, my community really stepped up and um, there were several um, non and not for profits that popped up um, primarily through the GSM community. Um, and the wonderful things that they've been able to do is connect people with, with goods and services. Um, one of them called Imagine Waterworks was able to um, open a mutual aid um, group on Facebook and um, their prior work was was primarily also mutual aid based. Um, they had things like the Queer Guide to Hurricane Season, um, because here in New Orleans, um, our community is is dispersed throughout a whole whole bunch of different areas. Right. And not everybody has the opportunities to be able to go and safely be outside of a hurricane zone. Um, as witnessed by the last hurricane that just hit us, you know, last year. And um, they started a mutual aid group. And my group and several others ended up springing from it. Um, I ended up starting and running a non-for-profit called the Trans Resource Network of Louisiana. And this was in the middle of, of the um, pandemic, you know, when everything was closing down, all of the shelters were packed full because they had to only be at a quarter capacity. Okay. And it was people who ended up helping other people who were in bad situations. Um, and it wasn't just myself. The The work of Imagine Mutual Aid and, and other mutual aid groups put forward the need for the resilience of the TGNC as well as the uh, GSM community. And um, it was people and allies and community members helping one another get things like food or, or going out to neighborhoods and picking um, citruses and fruits and bringing it to people's houses um, or, you know, giving rides to people to doctor's appointments um, or even literally, you know, um, giving people like clothing and stuff. You know, when files, when houses got flooded. Right. And this was all just mutually aid based. Right. All, it was, all for free out of the goodness of the heart, volu uh, mu 
mutual aidism or voluntarism or whatever you want to call yes. it. Um, yes. And honestly, that is that. I mean, that's the dream where people are literally helping each other out without being forced under you know threat of imprisonment or death by the government. Um, to do it. And it's fantastic when you see communities reach out and do these things uh, for each other. Um, so is that, is that when you started the TGNC or was that when? Yeah, the Tiernola. Okay, Tiernola. That one wasn't in my notes. I'm sorry. I apologize. That one wasn't in my, that one wasn't in my notes. Tiernola is, it's the governance is completely flat. Okay. Um, we work off of more of an anarchistic um, principle. Okay. There's not much of a hierarchy. Um, we agree on things mutually, and if we don't, then we move on to something else. But um, how we structure this specifically is that um, the groups that we have formed are all uh, mutual aid-based. Um, we, we got together through um, Imagine Mutual Aid because my co-founder um, ended up wanting help on um, writing a business plan. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've written lots of business plans. <laughs> and um, yeah, we started to be able to talk and then things snowballed. Um, we started giving rides to people. We started getting people into safe housing. Um, we got people clothing just this last weekend. Um, we opened a clothing closet in um, um, Gray, Louisiana, that's open for the TGNC community. Um, we're also working with uh, two businesses, um, one based here in the United States and then another one international, to have things like chest binders, um, um, gaff underwear, and uh, there's another group that we're working for for safe sex kits. Oh, very um, cool. So that people can not have to worry about stuff. So, uh, the TG, T, TR Nola, TR Nola, correct? TR Nola. TR Nola. Okay, yeah. TR Nola um, is basically just starting out, starting up, uh, is just putting together packages uh, in order to help GSM uh, members uh, be able to get their safe sex kits or get information where they need it or, uh, you know, safe housing whenever necessary. Um, and, uh, guides to guides to hurricane, which hurricane season we're right, right at the beginning of. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm here in Florida, so I'm, I'm very well attuned to hurricane season and what is happening. Well, on my coast anyway. Um, and I, I hear about what's going on on yours. Usually, right before it happens. Um, and honestly, uh, like these are all fantastic things that you don't really see a lot of in our community, like in any communities, you don't see people working together to do these things for free. You see some fake it is the best way that I can put that. You'll see like some religious organizations say, Oh yeah, we're going to do this and this and this. And then they do like a menial job where it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, we have now followed through on what we said we were going to do. So seeing somebody go out there and start this up from the ground and continue to build it and follow through on the things that they are promising, that is 
heartwarming and inspiring. So, uh, you know, I honestly, I am humbled to be here with you. Uh, well, it, it all started because I needed a ride to a doctor's appointment for, okay. for my chest surgery because I, I, I didn't have a car. And, um, um, yeah, it, it just, it snowballed from there. We've been able to house now about 15 different, um, people of trans experience. Um, we've been able to give, uh, 75 rides over the last year, um, to doctor's appointments, to, um, grocery shopping. We've been able to have and give um, people the resources to go and get uh, gender affirming care. Um, if, and, if, and I can, if I can, uh, if I can ask a question, I don't know what that is. Gender affirming care um, differs from person to person. Okay. Some people end up having things as simple as um, 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 binders or gaps. Um, others choose to be able to go and do um, um, the medical route, which is um, um, different medications. Like I take testosterone. Okay. Um, or uh, trans women um, will take a combination of medications, um, spiro and and estrogen. Okay. Uh, to be able to get to the certain levels within um, um, what is considered uh, traditionally uh, cisgendered levels. But each individual is different as to how they want to be able to express it. But when I say um, uh, gender affirming care, it's just a way of being able to um, get treatment that affirms one's gender. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah, I, I you said the term and I went, oh, God, I don't know what that is. And I don't want to just act like I do. Um, so I appreciate you explaining that. Um, of course. Uh, there's been a couple of people in the uh, comments already saying where, how can people get involved to help? Uh, do you guys have websites for donations or anything like that? I, and you're going to be able to pitch this um, at the end as well. We, just are so you know. we are fiscally sponsored through the LGBT um, um, community center of new Orleans. Okay. Um, they can go to their website and then add a tagline onto there for us. Um, stating that they're giving the donations for that. And then if they are in the uh, greater New Orleans area or if they just want to be able to volunteer, um, we are on Facebook as well as Instagram, um, uh, the Trans Resource Network of Louisiana. Um, and that one is Tiernola Helps um, um, for, for Facebook and Tiernola Help at um, Instagram. Um. I do, having many social media accounts, I understand how you have to do that sometimes. And it's like, it's helps on Facebook, help on Instagram. Um, so I am so curious about this because you said that the, so you are also, uh, you, you have a, hang on a second. You have a bachelor's degree in microbiology and fine arts, and you are currently going for a degree in biomedical anthropology, and you are a data analytics-like guru, from what I understand. Somewhat. <laughs> my, 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 the team that I'm on 
is patently amazing. Okay. Um, so I, I love empiricism. Um, my background, especially in microbiology, was the statistical wing of it. And I, I would do the, the data crunching. Okay. Um, I would do a ton of the different stuff for research. So um, you would do all um, the stuff I hate doing. I love numbers <laughs> and, and numbers love me. Um, I've, I've been able to do some amazing work. Um, like, like, uh, flow cytometry was one of it. The branch of it was the statistical arm of the study of, of, um, cell, uh, cell lines, um, particularly after a, um, study was finished. Um, we, there would be one branch of it that would shoot a laser at tissue cells to break it up. And then I would take that and select the groups um, within a, a, a software called Flojo. And then I would run the statistical computation for it. And I would get the numbers that were necessary to be able to go and see um, what the statistically significant populations were. Um, um, within that specific study. Um, the, the last one I worked at was, um, was, was bear and, um, um, ended up being with quality control, which is just whole tons of numbers. <laughs> it's all numbers. Um, so, and so I've got, um, I, I'm not an intelligent person. Um, I mean, I am. I like I understand, but I know where I'm intelligent. And uh, okay. sci science and math is not that. Uh, I I know a little bit about Maldi imaging. Have you heard of this? Okay, cool. Uh, well, so now we have some sort of baseline. Um, it sounds like what you were doing was kind of what Maldi imaging is. Okay. All right. So I was like, this sounds really familiar. And then I had to try to remember where that was from. Um, so um, um, when, when, when you take a sample, like the, the, the one that I was on okay. for um, um, the flow cytometry, um, they ended up doing the study for um, um, HIV, SIV. And so they would have to take samples from um, the kidney and liver and different um, um, soft tissue. And so um, that's, that's what histology is, is that you prepare the slides, you look at the specific areas to be able to see where there's any diseased tissue or, or if there's anything that you can get from that specific tissue. It then gets sent to flow cytometry, which then, well, it shoots a laser, a blue laser at it, and disperses all of the cells and creates an image. It was that image. Um, I'm the one who captured the image, um, selected the statistically significant population, and then crunched the numbers from that one to find out what the um, statistic, um, um, what the statistics were on that specific study. Um, and that's where the, so, that's where the yeah. Flojo machine comes in. Yes. 
Okay. You said Flojo, and immediately I thought back to, like, the 1988 Olympics and Flojo, and then I was like, oh, no, that's probably not what she was. Flojo is a software that's used within um, 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 that sort of analysis, but that background went in really well, especially for data analytics, because that's all numbers. Um, It's a little bit more hand programming, but the team that I was with, we had some amazing people. Um, um, Dave Schrader is, is hands down, I think, one of the most talented people for data analytics here in this party. And um, what he's been able to do and what the team that I'm on has been able to do is kind of amazing. And um, we've been able to really suss out information for, for a load of different things. Um, I was on the uh, team for the Joe Jorgensen campaign. Right. Um, two years ago, um, I started to really get back into libertarian politics because um, there's that joke of, of what's the difference between a, a libertarian and an anarchist? About six months. Mine was about a year and a half, but yes. Right. No, I get it. Like mine was a little bit longer. I, I really held on to the minarchy side. Uh, of mine for quite some time because part of me just did not want to let go of that part of the state. Um, and after a while I thought, well, oh, this is stupid. They're the ones who tax me like randomly. They'll just be like, no, that's just going to happen now. So when I got to it, I had just restarted to be able to get back into libertarian politics. Right. And I started out because my 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 BFA is is in printmaking and photography, and all I wanted to do was was take really nice pictures for the Jorgensen campaign, to be able to go and make memes out of. And um, my segment at that portion of time was something called the micro segment, and so my micro segment um, within uh, data analytics was the GSM community. And that's what led me to get connected with Outright, because I was trying to be able to do um, um, voter propensity modeling to help them do voter propensity modeling. And I started out at that basis. And then when um, the, the, the cord for last year for data analytics ended up leaving, uh, Dave ended up asking me to be able to come in to be able to go and take over, um, you know, her spot on things. And, you know, it was great. I got to be around some really fantastic, um, you know, liberty-minded activists. And right now we have this amazing core team of, of libertarian individuals trying to be able to bring empiricism and really solid data analytics to the party because we're at a loss. We're 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 behind the, the the two old parties because they can pay a ton of money to be able to go and get access to data analytics firms. Um, they have the ability to pay out those hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars to be able to get access to the data. Right. And and it's it's costly, it, it, but it's it, worth it. Yeah, it is absolutely. It is costly and it's worth it. I was um, I was on a call the other day. This may have been yesterday. You may have been been there as well. I'm not even 100% sure. But uh, Brian was there. Um, and uh, Brian is this campaign 
he, he's a campaign guru. Like that, that guy is fantastic at what he does and he knows his stuff. And he was saying that the most important thing, no matter what, uh, no matter what office you're running for, you need to know this data or data or whatever you want to call it. I don't, I'm a data guy. Yes. You keep saying data and I'm like, I feel so weird because I'm just a data. Um, but <laughs> that's an Android. Right. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so like he knows, like he knows all of his stuff. He's like, you need to know this stuff. And he was talking to, uh, a potential candidate for the next series of elections, I think next year. And he said, okay, so how many voters are in your district? And that person knew all of the data just right, just rolled right off the tongue. It was, you know, there are 10,000 people in my district, uh, 64 point whatever percent or 70 percent. I don't know the numbers because I wasn't really listening. Um, were voted for this person uh, in the last three elections, uh, you know, run unopposed and this many, like just knew it all, all the way down. Uh, the percentages of men and women that were in the district, the in uh, non, non-conforming in the district, like knew all of it and just bam, 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 bam. And being able to take that data and be like, okay, this is where we need to focus. This is who we want to go to knowing the different areas in which you want to focus, uh, your campaigning to and your messaging to, uh, it's all very, very important. Um, Oh, very, very important. Thank, uh, thank you, Liberty Shamrocker, for your donation. You are fantastic. And both me and Spike, and I'm certain that Aerie loves you as well. Um, Connie, if you didn't know who that was. Um, but, um, but yeah, being able to take that data and turning it into information that is helpful on a campaign is massive and one of the reasons i have never been good at campaigning because i see it as numbers um just you know random ones like my bank account just random numbers i never know what it's going to be um so the pattern the patterning is is what is the most interesting portion of it and how you can end up taking from things that you think are completely random and don't matter and they actually do like it does matter, you know, that weird off little magazine that you ended up buying uh, uh, five years ago or your subscription to um, Smithsonian or or even, you know, your voting patterns, right. your voting patterns are so important and, and you can suss out information from there to be able to figure out a, a propensity of that individual to vote for certain things. And, right. and that's what Democrats, Republicans, <laughs> have been doing for decades now. They've been taking advantage of a system that gives them a, a head up so that they know how to be able to target, um, you know, specific voter regions, how to be able to do these micro segmentations, how to be able to go and, and smartly focus in on on what a voter and what a area ends up actually believing in right and and that's what i think we decidedly very much need for the the future of this party is is knowing how to be able to do messaging having that empirical data behind it and having experimentation within that data 
to show that these modelings are correct and true. Right. And that is one of the things that the Libertarian Party, and I mean this with no disrespect or, you know, I'm not making fun of them at all, but that's where they have fallen behind. And I understand that a lot of these things take uh, money that they don't have. Um, and that comes from donations and that comes from people giving, you know, money to the party. And most of the people are like, well, right now, the Democrats are running the train over the cliff at 700 miles an hour and the, the Republicans are only doing it at 600. So I'm just going to keep putting my money there so that way I don't have to, uh, you know, worry about it. Um, and it'll stay mine a little bit longer or whatever. Um, I don't really know what the Koch brothers logic was on that one, but that's what they said. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I want to, I want to get a liberty activist in front of them to be able to talk why they need to give us a ton of money. I will. So I wrote an article uh, back for back in 2016 for I don't remember for who, but I wrote it for somebody. And uh, I was talking about how instead of giving money to the GOP, the Koch brothers, uh, both of them were still alive at the time. But the Koch brothers should give their money to Gary Johnson's campaign and to the Libertarian Party. Um, and I said, you said this, you said this, you know, like I went through a bunch of quotes where you you admit that the Republican Party is running, you know, is, is on the same track, just mildly slower uh, economically anyway. And why would you continue funding for the eventual collapse and uh, they gave Gary Johnson like $5 million. And I was like, I'm going to take credit for that. I'm saying that was me. Um, in all fairness, it was probably Trump, but I'm saying it was me. I, hey, yeah. but Well, I'm not going to go into my opinions on this previous administration or else we'd be here all night long. That's fair. That's fair. You know, we... That could be a whole separate show, but, um, so you, so you were working on the Jorgensen campaign and because of your, uh, I forget what the term was that you called it, your micro section, your micro segment, your micro, micro segmentations, micro segmentations. Um, that was kind of how, uh, you started working with outright libertarians. Yeah, I, I had reached out because I had wanted to be able to do um, some meme tests. And um, I'd reached out uh, to Outright to be able to go and kind of run a few of them um, just so that we can get an idea of, of what actually, you know, what actually ended up working. Right. And, and how we were able to very smartly get um, ads or means um towards the gsm community right and um you know i ran at least a small um um analysis of of what would be a statistically significant population um and i ran it a couple of times to be able to get enough of a body of people to run the statistics off of or the the analysis off of and, um, yeah, it's, it's how I got connected to outright, um, just cause I ended up 
messaging them and I had been following them for a while, but I had never really been super active. So in a roundabout way, uh, I can, I can thank, um, me wanting to, uh, make a little bit of money off of, um, photographing for the Joe Jorgensen campaign, uh, for me now being, uh, as active as I am and, and being the, uh, outreach director for, for outright. Cause I probably would have not gotten connected with them. Um, if it wasn't for the George Jorgensen campaign, um, and what spike also ended up, uh, saying about, um, the transgender community. People are going to be shocked but when I say things like this, but uh, I did not pay a lot of attention to Spike when he was on the campaign trail. Like, I heard him every week because <laughs> we would talk. Uh, what did he say? What, what did he say about the transgender community while on the campaign? So he um, had talked about um, Transgender uh, Day of Remembrance. Okay. And it was a simple acknowledgement that the the loss of trans lives was happening and that the state was the one that was culpable and that you know trans lives mattered and he was literally the first um candidate for for office to be able to make a statement like that like um the you know, Biden-Harris team had not said a, a squeak and, well, of course, you know, Trump and them didn't say a thing as well. But, um, yeah, they were, um, Spike had been incredibly supportive of, of the GSM community and that kind of just, you know, sealed it for me that that I had seen Spike with, with Vermin um, prior to this and had supported Vermin, but then it was like, okay, I, I got fully, totally and completely behind, you know, um, Joe Jorgensen and, and, and Spike after that. Right. Because their messaging was on point. They acknowledged it happening and didn't, didn't pander. Also, yeah, also true. And uh, that's one of the great things about being libertarian is, we, we don't pander like you see that you you see pandering from the left and from the right uh the left is easier to is easier to point out examples um than it is the right because the right's like yeah we're gonna cut your taxes and then they say oh we tried but then you know for whatever reason it didn't work um even though they didn't really try they put in some washed out <laughs> also great great point um but like with with the left you know we we support BLM, you know, like, you know, just look, man, like, we got to do something about all this that's going on, because BLM, we're like, we got to support them. And then you over, like, it's been 100 days, and you've had one meeting, and you told them, like, you're just going to have to wait. Like, you, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to meet, you're, we're not going to be able to do the things that we promised you, uh, you know. You know, it's time to make the drug. It's time to end the drug war, and that uh, marijuana needs to be de de decriminalized. And no, not working on that at all. And on top of it, you're firing people who are working in the White House who have smoked weed in the past, unless, of course, they're the vice president. Um, and you are not holding true to anything that you have promised. Uh, and it's just you see the pandering from the left 
uh, a lot. You see it from the right as well, but they're pandering to like their to that rich base and they're screwing the lower bases, but they don't make any promises to the middle class. Um, they're like, yeah, we're going to cut your taxes, but then we're going to raise tariffs from 4% to 20%. And, uh, you're going to foot 94.6% of that bill. Um, and if you don't believe those facts are true, you can look them up. Not you. I know you, you probably believe me. Um, but they they do things like that and they screw people over in that way where the libertarian party we it's very simple for us we're just like okay we want everybody to be free and somebody in the audience is like yeah but what about the and yet everybody yeah but what about no everybody yeah but what about no we want everybody to be free if you aren't hurting anybody and like i hate using like cliched terms like this but yeah if you aren't hurting anybody and you're not taking their stuff, I don't care what you do. If you are not hurting anybody and you're not taking their stuff and you're not harming their individual personal property, I don't care what you do. It does not affect me. Go out, have fun, do whatever you want to do. Just don't hurt me or any of my family or it's... my stuff. Oh yeah, no, I, I completely get that. It's, I've, I've had really good conversations with people, you know, some of them will listen fantastically and, and listen to the message of, of, of freedom. And, and this is the thing is I firmly believe in the messaging of outright, um, from Liberty Springs equality and, and, you know, Ashley shades message of compassion, education, and love. You have to come at people compassionately. Yes. Um, um, I know that that there are still people that that make mistakes. I'm not going to get mad at them if if they use the wrong gendered term for me. Um, I'll I'll correct them, and and I'll continue to correct them because I know that the majority of the time they're not doing it on purpose. Um, and heck. I even mess up sometimes and, and I, I'm trans myself and there are some people's pronouns that I don't even get correct from time to time. Right. So if I'm going to mess up every once in a while, like I'm going to give everybody else a pass. <laughs> um, and you know, and it's, 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 I just have like that. That is a, in my mind, that is a very logical way <laughs> to think about that. But there are so many people that I know, um, like there are a lot of people on the right that I know that just aren't going to give a, for lack of a better word, shit. Uh, they're just not going to care. And they're just going to, I'm just going to call you by what I think and, or what you, what I think you should be called. And then there are people on the left who they'll make the mistake. Like they'll make the mistake and they, they will be very, you know, uh, apologetic. And, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that, which, you know, cool. But if somebody else makes the mistake, they will just try to bury that person. And that's where you get the, like, that's the difference maker. Like you need to be able to understand that mistakes are made and mistakes are made. And if the person is apologetic and is like, Hey, yo, that's my bad. Um, not you obviously, but the people on the left who aren't understanding this, um, you know, mistakes are made. That's my bad. I will work on that in the future. That should be, if you are genuinely working on it in the future, that should be evidence that you are trying to do the right thing. 
as opposed to, nope, we want to end you. We want to, you know, the I hate using the rights cancel culture thing, but, you know, we want to cancel you. We want you off Facebook. We're going to see if we can get you the 30-day ban and get you zucked for good or whatever. Um, <laughs> don't, don't remind me. Don't remind me. That, like, that eye like roll was I, I was actually, I was actually this, this close from getting my Facebook banned because, because I've in, in some circles I've, I've, I've been canceled because I, I don't toe the line or, right. or I don't, you know, and I try to explain to people where I come from and some people will listen and other people won't. Um, you know, some of my friends are, are fantastic. I am friends with people who are diehard Marxists, others who are constitutionalist Republicans. And, and then there's me, who is the, the volunteerist mutualist anarchist. Is, so <laughs> just wants everybody to love one another. That, that is something that I've been like, uh, that I have wondered about in the past. Um, as as a member of the GSM, are you just expected? Are you just expected to be uh, blue? Like, are you just supposed to be team blue? Yeah, I mean, contemporarily, definitely. Okay. Um, just the there's a ton of us that are, but then at least where I am, a good chunk of my community are very very anarchist. Okay. Um. Like, like they only get on with Democrats because they don't know some of the positioning that other parties end up having. And um, in particular, like when I started explaining things to people and some of the positionings that, you know, the Libertarian Party ends up taking, it's like, oh, I had no clue. Um, you know, they didn't know that in, in 72, our official party platform ended up including... Um, marriage equality and the decriminalization of sodomy. Um, they had no clue that that we have had at the founding some GSM individuals at the founding of the party. Um, they didn't have an idea that, you know, there are very high profile GSM individuals within the party right now, even. Yeah. Um, JBH, um, Ashley Shade, um, um, you know, just to name, you know, two of them. And, and this is just like the tip of the iceberg. The, the things that I've been able to talk about, especially to the GSM community, has been very important. Right. And, and the messaging that needs to go forward from that, especially like, like we've been touching on data analytics-wise, needs to be very, very solid because that empiricism is, is necessary because we're combating against a party that's painting us as... as paleo conservatives that we don't believe in in gsm rights that we don't support the gsm community that we don't you know believe in in so many different ways and things of of queer resiliency or or individual freedoms um so yeah that's that's kind of what we're up against the the belief that we don't want people to be people right and one of the things that i have noticed a lot in my however many years of being a libertarian um, is that a lot of people have really mixed viewpoints of what it is we believe in and what we stand for. Yeah. 
And many of them, uh, one of the ones that I always find kind of shocking is many of them believe that libertarians are inherently anti-gay. And I think that it is, um, I think that that stems because everybody sees us as Republicans who like to smoke pot. And it's like, no, that's not who we are at all. Uh, since our party's founding, uh, 50, is it 50 years ago now? 50 years. 50 years. Um, 50 years ago, we have had a gay marriage on the, on the plank. Like that's something that we believe in. We, we want freedom for everybody. Gay people should be allowed to be married. And we've always, like, we have said that from the beginning. Um, and nothing about that has changed. We just want equal rights for every single individual out there. My, my candidate out here in New Orleans, um, in Louisiana, Aaron Sigler, um, you know, highlighted that, highlighted that, you know, now there, there's, Louisiana is working on a, on a, a plank to be able to include that stuff for state adoptions. Um, and um, um, gender autonomy as well. Um, you know, the there are several states LPs that you know I'm I'm working with at this time that are going to be adopting the 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 gender potentially the gender autonomy planks um, because I I'll paraphrase this. Okay. Um, and I love the quote that Neil Gorsuch ended up saying, and it's completely true. Um, you you first can't discriminate against a group without first discriminating against the individual. And so our belief is that the individual is is the um, um, greatest minority. Yes. And so within that, the messaging for us has been and will continue to be consistent that it is an individual's sole discretion and choice to be able to live their life how they need to. And, and it's not up to the state to dictate how an individual needs to live or how they want to, you know, do anything with their body or, or, you know, what they want to be able to grow on their land or, or anything for that matter. Nope. And whatever these things are, again, Going back to the cliched terms, as long as you aren't, you know, hurting anybody else or t taking their stuff or, you know, ruining their stuff, what you are doing isn't anybody else's business. And I don't care if that's your neighbors. I don't care if that is uh, your city councils or you know, state reps or whoever. It is none of their business if you are not breaking those two to three rules of don't hurt anybody, don't take their stuff, don't ruin their stuff. Don't ruin other people's stuff. Um, what anybody wants to do in the pursuit of their own happiness is fine. Again, as long as you're following those rules. Um, and that, like, it is the easiest and simplest rules to live by. So I don't, I, I don't understand why everybody wants to go the opposite way with it on... Well, no, we need to do this because, you know, the people shouldn't be allowed to do heroin. No, people shouldn't do heroin. They should be allowed to do heroin. They shouldn't, but that is not on you to decide. Uh, people shouldn't uh, be 
you know, people, the man and man shouldn't lie together or whatever it says in that book. Um, <laughs> man and man shouldn't lie together. Uh, well, no, lay just because that was written 6,000 years ago or whatever um, doesn't actually make that true in a time period in which they were trying to make sure that the survival of the human race was a thing, you know, the same reason that some people won't eat pork still today. They were trying to make sure that the human race survived and they knew that pork killed people. Um, same thing with shellfish. So maybe, you know, since you've kind of given up on those rules, you should give up on the rest of them as well and stop sticking to them. Um, but that, that whole debate could be another whole show oh, yeah. of, of the mistranslations because yes right um but it's it's if if we're going to be able to be impressed for liberty it's not just for one group it's for everybody yes you know it's it's we need to be able to make sure that for the future that that i'm not going to say if we get into office it's when we get into office that that we show people this path is the one is the is the correct way to go because individual freedoms is going to be the greatest thing in our time it's going to you know the whole line the whole tag phrase of setting the world free in in our lifetime you know it's going to happen it's just how we're going to implement it and how we're going to be able to message it and it's it's places you know and 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 all on all do shameless self promotion of outright it's it's going to be places like outright it's going to be places like this it's going to be peace, people like like Neelik and and Cajun libertarian that bring this positive wonderful message thank it's you for promoting another one of our shows well <laughs> I, I i i might have known about that slightly <laughs> So, uh, um, shout out to, shout out to you too. Yeah, shout out to Cajun um, and Eskimo. Um, yeah, Cajun, um, from igloos to what? Igloos to bayous? Igloos to, uh, yeah, igloos to bayous or bayous to igloos. I'm not really sure uh, which order they're going in. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm so excited. I am so excited. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Cajun Libertarian and the Eskimo Libertarian are going to be starting a show on Sunday, June 14th, 13th, 14th, whatever that whatever that Sunday is, uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and I believe that it is called uh, Cajun and Eskimo uh, from bayous to igloos or from igloos to bayous i'm just a fan of the alphabetical order because that's how my brain works but you know whatever they decide because it's their show uh it's going to be airing on muddied waters media so make sure that you tune in for it um i am so excited about that show oh i i i i might be in that said caucus so the seafood caucus um but it's gonna be that positive message and that inclusivity and, and that ability to have and talk with everybody that is going to change things. And that is going to be able to get this really great messaging out to people. And, and it's going to be those positive activists in the party that, 
that have this message of everybody needs to have freedom and everybody needs to be included in liberty. Yes. Not a narrow scope of liberty, but everyone. Yep. And, and our messaging going forward has been consistent, but it still needs those people who are going to be willing to give it that limelight. So I've come up, I've actually come up with a uh, purity test for libertarians, whether, ah. whether or not they're a real libertarian. I would get a line of people from all spectrums. Like, you know, you know, you're a straight white guy, GSM, white, you know, uh, white female, black female, black male, like just everything, everybody in the spectrum. And then have a libertarian come up and I'd be like, do you think this person deserves every single uh, individual liberty that the person next to them does? And if they say no to anybody, they're not a real libertarian. That could be interesting. Right, because eventually if some if somebody says, well, no, not 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 that one, um, that's like, well, then you don't act you then you are grouping them by the group and you are looking them not as the individual and you are looking at them as the group. And you are not a real libertarian. But that can still be a learning moment. It can. That is. Like it's very much a learning moment. It, it took me. It took me a little while to be able to change from from being Republican to what I am now. Fair. And it took liberty activists talking to me and willing to be able to educate me on issues. Um, and it took so many different people to get me to this point. So it's it's always interesting, um, um, like the pro-science libertarian or the skeptical libertarian or outright or, um, you know, even learning and seeing some of the different caucuses and what they end up believing in. Um, You know, each one of them has interesting points to be able to point out. Um, and, And the ways that people can engage with individuals um on a consistent basis within that positive libertarian messaging. And and I've been in love with with how different groups end up doing outreach and end up bringing more people into the party. Like this was my proud point was was learning through the data analytics in the past 3 years our our party has grown 5000%. And um it that is dues paying members. Oh wow. And and that statistic for me has been amazing to see. And that was with that was with very, very little effort. I think that if we put more effort into it, and we've been putting a ton, um, but if 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 we can focus in on that good positive messaging you know yeah let's let's talk about all of the different issues let's talk about you know borders let's talk about welfare let's talk about gsm stuff let's talk about black lives matters let's talk about you know um licensing you know the the bootstrap fees for stuff um you know the horrible ways that government restricts individual freedoms um 
all of these positive messages are going to be a necessity for this party to continue to continue its growth. You know, I, I look at I look at the fact that we now have and we're broaching on 300 people, elected people in public office who are libertarian. Yes. And and that is on, you know, starting on the local level. And whether you believe in in starting small and going up or or applying for everything, getting people into office is going to be the most important thing that you can end up doing. And and it's those smaller races and larger races and getting all of that data that we need to do the numbers crunching to show you where you did things right and show you where you did things wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ari, I, man, we could keep talking all night long, but I know, uh, (laughs) but I know Eskimo has a show starting in like 10 minutes now and I don't want to go over, uh, her show because she's fantastic. Um, but uh, real, real quick, where can people go to support um, where they can go to support you, where they can go to support uh, T.R. Nola, where they can go to support uh, uh, outright libertarians, where they can go to support TG and like where can they go to support anything? Just pitch it all right now. So um, my my personal brand is I am uh, and it's uh, S. C-I-E um, dot com. Uh, that is my um, science and um, arts communications page. A-R-T-S-C-I-E? Um, A-R-T-S-C-I-E dot com. Uh, dot com. Okay. I'm, I'm putting it into the comments. I just want to make sure that I'm spelling it correctly while I do that. And um, Outright is OutrightUSA.com. Um, and you can find us on, on all social media. We are actually um, fairly soon going to be opening our own um, clubhouse. Um, um, I made a slight little mistake on the spelling, so I need to redo things. <laughs> I'm human. It, I get it happens. You know, and we forgive each other our mistakes because that's who we are as people. And I get it. And I understand, uh, for a while, muddied waters was spelled wrong. Um, and then for, um, TR Nola, um, it's the trans resource network of Louisiana on both Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, and to support us, you can go to the LGBT community center of new Orleans. Um, just put in the tagline, um, the support for that one. And we also have a go, um, a roving GoFundMe um, on our Facebook page to be able to go and help with a variety of different um, mutually aid-based programs, um, rapid rehousing, uh, transportation, as well as gender-affirming um, um, care as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, everything that you're doing... Uh is truly an inspiration uh, to so many people that I know about. And I honestly am really happy to see how well all of it is going and how much you are getting done and accomplishing. And I hope to see that 
I hope to see it grow over the next, you know, few weeks, months, years. And uh, honestly, uh, if there's anything that you need from me or Spike or anybody here at Muddied Waters, um, call Cajun because, you know, he's there. Uh, but uh, you can, you know, we're always happy to help. And uh, whatever, whatever you need while growing this, uh, just let us know because we, we want to help. Thank you so much. Uh, you have a wonderful evening. And uh, Nalik, I'm going to be coming and seeing you. Yeah, uh, normally uh, we would do like a clubhouse afterwards, but since uh, Nalik is starting on the Eskimo Libertarian, uh, I'm just going to say everybody go see her on her Facebook page uh, so you can get an idea of what's coming to Muddied Waters in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to switch over to the other view. Uh, if you want to hang out and talk, cool. If not, and you just want to go watch Nalik, I understand. Um, but I will talk to you soon either way. Uh, to everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as you can see right along the bottom there, visit anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters to leave messages. And if you are so inclined to donate, so that way we can... Uh, continue to give the absolute best high quality entertainment that you have grown accustomed to over the last four and a half years. Um, next week, starting on Tuesday, I'm gonna have to re remember this entire speech in like two weeks because I now have we're gonna have a show on Sunday. Um, starting on Tuesday, tune in for an all-new episode of the Muddied Waters of Freedom, where Spike Cohen and I will parse through the week's events like the 2020 Wonder Boys that we are. Then next Wednesday, starting at roughly 8 o'clock Eastern, sure, we're going to say roughly 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, Spike has a brand new My Fellow Americans. And then next Thursday at 8 o'clock Eastern, right here on Muddied Waters, you can find the next episode of The Writer's Block where Brent DeRitter, my good buddy Brent DeRitter, is going to be joining me uh, and we are going, going to be talking about Cell Liberty. Um, sorry, Ari. I, I, I missed that part. Um, I'm going to put that in the comments. I am artsci.com. I thought it was just artsci.com. I apologize. I am artsci.com. Um, to all of you out there in uh, podcast land, uh, thank you for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Please like, please share, please comment, rate the podcast. If you are on YouTube, rate it. If you are on wherever else you are finding us, rate it, uh, like it, share it, subscribe, do comment, comment, comment. Uh, show Big Tech that uh, we will continue using their product as long as they do what we want. Um, for your fun fact of the week... Mountain Dew was originally created as a mixer for whiskey. Don't know if you knew that. Uh, until next week, I am Matt Wright, and you are perfect just the way you are. I will see you next week. I am. I am. I am swinging from a seven-story window. Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's a stunning the Sunset, sipping on savory water till my liver turns blue. Saturday, Saturday.
Yeah. <laughs> 